Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host tonight, Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watts, all the way from Rockingham, North Carolina. I'm at Dexter, Michigan. And Ernest, I always ask you what the weather is like in North Carolina because today the high was 35 wonderful degrees with a few snowflakes on November 17th. So, all right, what's your weather like down there? Well, this is our first day of of really cold weather. It's down 45, but it was... 75 and 80 over the weekend. The last week, it was like everybody was going, is this really November? So this has been our first spell of real cold weather now. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the leaves are falling. It's the whole, the whole fall thing. But it's it's finally we're getting the cool weather here. I had to finally wear a jacket to work. Oh. I'm not wearing my shorts. <laughs> I think this is the first time I've done the podcast since January that I'm not wearing my shorts. That's an image we want to forget, folks. Okay. Well, and I mean, my running shorts. They're not like, <laughs> not, not the other type, not the B- DVDs, BVDs. Sorry, not that. No, running shorts. Sorry. Yeah. We, we, I had an old uh, guy I used to do uh, radio and TV with. You remember Juice. And uh-huh. Juice would wear shorts. We would do football games, and he uh-huh. would do it for another station. We did baseball together for one station, but it would be ice on the field, and he would still be wearing shorts every game. He would wear shorts no matter what. That was his uh, his, his his kind of his uh, his signature move was wearing shorts everywhere, no matter what. Mm. Boy, I went on the wrong way. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Wrong that's that's talking call, about sports. Co- keeping your boys cool. That's what's called. All right. Yes, yes. It's another type of season. It's the NBA players I want to be traded season. And when I was listening to several big name uh, radio shows, <coughs> Dan Patrick, <coughs> Jim Rome, they were really going after the whole idea that NBA is such a players league and the players are all pulling a LeBron. That sounds sort of bad. But anyways, they're saying, hey, I have so many years left. It's about winning championships. Train me to where I can win a championship. And so the biggest headline is Harden wants to go to the Brooklyn Nets to join Oh Durant and, oh, what's his name? It just left me. Help me out. Kyrie Irving. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I tried to forget him after his disastrous run at the Celtics. Ernest, is this going to happen? Really, is this going to happen? If it did, would they let him play with three basketballs at one time? (laughs) It's going to be hard to pull off because he has another year on his contract and Houston wants to get some value out of this. And really the Nets have, except for Levert and maybe Dinwiddie and some some trade, you know, some, some, some first round, but you know, what good would be getting a, a first round for a team that's going to finish fairly high because you're in the 20s and 30s. You know, so Houston's kind of buckled down that unless a third team gets into this kind of scenario, they don't have to trade them. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Westbrook and Harden both wanting to leave, and it's kind of strange because usually it's only one guy, but they're both flaking out because the coach they had there, D'Antoni's left. They've got a brand new Stephen Silas is a new coach. This is the first time he's been a head coach. He's been interim before. It's Paul Silas's son, mm-hmm. and he's been an assistant for twenty years. But they feel like they're not going to challenge in the West. So you know the difference with LeBron now. As much as people talk about LeBron, remember he was a free agent. 
he never demanded to be traded. He waited until his contract was out and he was a free agent. And yeah, he got with other guys to create a super team, but he didn't pout and say, trade me or whatever. And the interesting thing about Harden was he was offered $50 million a year. It's 103 for two years and turned down what would have been the single highest contract on a yearly base cap, how they're going to be able to do that. I mean, they've, they've money. Someone's going to have to, you know, rework, reconstitute their contract. I don't know if Players Association let them do that. Yeah, they might do that, but they're going to have to bring in a third team because Houston said already there's no assets that Brooklyn has. And then you're wondering where Westbrook goes. And the, the two places you hear about Westbrook is the Knicks and, and my Hornets. And I don't want him at the Hornets because, A, he's on the wrong side. Of, <laughs> he's going to be 30 soon. Guards don't last that long past 30. Look how D. Wade after he reached 30. Uh, he, you know, analytics, he's not that productive. He shoots under... 45%. He has to have the ball. So where he's going, where, I mean, they both demanded out and I'm, if I'm Houston, I'm saying, okay, there's no way I'm going to keep them without them. If I keep them, they're going to grumble and do load management so much. So I might as well get rid of them and restock with draft picks. I mean, well, that, that seems like their only way out right now. Well, you know, the, the problem is you got this compressed calendar because the regular season starts in six weeks, December 22nd. So you got a compressed calendar. You know, the camps are going to open December 1st. The teams always want to get maximum value. I mean, any type of trade scenario, you're not going to go for the first offer. If we're in the playground and you offer me your Orioles for my peanut butter sandwich, I'm going to try to get the best deal. Teams are no different in that respect. So Houston's coming out and saying, We've got to get more value. We can't just get draft picks. We don't think we're rebuilding. They've already traded Robert Covington away for Trevor Ariza to Portland. So they already know they're going to have to have a new team, new coach, new team, new GM, the whole thing. Now, the other team I hear that Harden might go to is the Sixers because that's where Daryl Morey, his old Uh, GM, is at. And the trade I keep hearing is Simmons for Harden which probably would do both of them a lot of value because I think Simmons has to get out of Philadelphia. I, I think yeah, I do think that's better than going to – And that matches up uh, with, with the, Brooklyn. That matches up with salaries a little bit easier, a little bit better. But Sixers are not that close. I mean, they thought they were close, but last year proved they are not close. And I don't think Doc Rivers is the answer there. Well, you know, like I said, Daryl Morey's always been good at getting – bits and pieces together. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. You know, another reason why uh, Harden wants to go to uh, Brooklyn is because that's where D'Antoni is an assistant now. You know who the head coach is? Jason Kidd. No, Jason Kidd's with the Lakers. No, no, no. Steve Nash is the Nets coach. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Wow. Talk about mixing up uh, star Boy. guards from the 90s. When- for 50, one Alex. Canadian, one from California. I can, <laughs> oh, I can wow. see the differentiation. <laughs> All-star guards. So that's that's why. I mean, they're going to go somewhere familiar. Uh, will they be traded? Yes. Necessarily, will he go to the Nets? 
Unless a third team gets in there, I don't see that going. All right, let's pretend he does go to the Nets. Do you think that team has any chance to make it to the finals? I mean, granted, they're in the East, and that's an easier path, but that team is so built on fragile or weird egos, I just don't see how it's going to work. A, Miami didn't lose anybody. They were in the finals. B, Milwaukee looks a whole lot stronger now. With Holiday and and uh, Bojanovic, uh, I still like Toronto as a fairly decent team. To me, they're the fifth or sixth, fourth or fifth, four, five, six. They're somewhere in that area, even with those two. I mean, again, and you didn't even say Boston in that. Well, Boston, Boston made it all the way. Shape, they look like they're trying to get rid of Haywood. I they, see they, this. They, they, got like salary. he's going to the Hawks. Boy, that is that's that's a rough that's a nice thank you, don't you? But you know, with with Tatum and all those guys, they're a good team. Like I said, I don't see the pieces matching with the Nets that well. I don't see a natural fit. I mean, unless they're going to get three basketballs for all of the play at one time, I don't think it's going to be a problem. So I'm going to sound like an old man more than usual here. So NBA right now seems like the haves and haves nots, but. What I like about it is because the players sort of push these trades and try to get super teams, you have maybe eight to ten teams who can win it all. Like Miami, who would have thought they made the finals? They they get hot, they get playing it right at the right time, but the rest of the league is junk. So I don't know. Would you rather have uh, NBA where eight to ten teams are really good and have a chance, and the rest is junk, or would you rather have it like it used to be where there was two or three Dominant teams and the rest of them were sort of middle. Let's compare them to the other sports in the big four, okay? With baseball, mm-hmm. it's going to be the Dodgers, the Yankees. It's a few, you know, few teams. There aren't that many teams in baseball Braves. compete, right? Football has a natural turnover, but we still a lot of haves and have-nots. I mean, the Giants are never going to be any good. The Jets are never going to be any good. So, I I mean, you, you, you compare it to the other – and hockey – is more of a egalitarian type of setup. Any team could win the NHL, really. You get a hot goalie. So even though that offers more opportunities to his fans, it is the least watched of the four sports. Football, which clearly define have and have nots, is the most popular. Basketball is the second most. So I think people like rooting for super teams. They like to see superstars together. I mean, they'll, they'll. But don't you think the NFL is more or evenly weighted between a good head coach and ownership and the players? And the NBA seems like it's weighted more toward the players. You got to have, I mean, seventy-five percent players, twenty-five percent coaching uh, in the team structure. I think in the NFL, it's 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 defense and quarterback. If you've got that, you're you're a comp- you're a competitive team. I think it's, it's still superstar-led league. You look at the teams that are superior now, and they have superstars leading them. And the NBA and NFL. Yeah, but you've told me many times the average length of an NFL player is much shorter than the average length of an NBA oh, yeah. player. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, and it's you don't have to get as many pieces. With football, you've got to have a strong offensive line. You've got to have a great quarterback. You've got to have a good defense. In the NBA, you need two superstars, and you're a, con- you're a contender. That's all you really need. Look at Miami. They have one player that, you know, Butler, 
who you could say is a superstar. There are some that would say maybe not. And they came within two games of winning the NBA. So you just don't need as much to be competitive in the NBA. I think we see more migration in the NBA than you see in the other four sports, players leaving teams and such. Which NBA player do you think is going to have the biggest drop-off this next year with this quick turnaround that is not going to be the player he used to be? you got to go older player. And, you know, the natural thing is to say LeBron. Um, You can say LeBron. You can say Harden. You can say Westbrook. I think Durant, coming off that Achilles injury and being rusty, I think he's not as young as he used to be, and... If he's not elevating, I granted he's seven foot already and he can hit any jumper, but I don't think he's the same. It's going to be interesting to see if he's even close to the same player. And Irving has definitely been losing steam well, over the he years. He hasn't played a full season in four years. He, right. My concern about what LeBron, and I don't think he'll play that much until mid-January, is the compressed period of time off. I mean, October 15th, he plays his last game in the finals, and you turn around and you're starting. Usually the offseason is half of June, July, August, September, middle of October. Now we're going two months tops, turnaround time. And and I worry with his age, and I worry about it. It's going to be a strange season because you've got 10 teams that haven't played since March. So those guys are going to be energized. They're going to be ready to go. And then you got all the teams in the bubble, which played a mere four or five months ago. And you, and you know why? You, Come on down, Golden State well, Warriors. You know, and, right? Yeah, you know why? Well, I don't know if Thompson's healthy yet. That's going to be a question. You know why they're starting on December 22nd, right? Money, money, yeah, money. Yeah, but money in which way? TV money, no, right? No, Olympics. They have they have arranged a schedule in which two days before the men's basketball round robin starts in Tokyo, Japan, the season ends, and that means being in the Olympics is national na- international exposure for the NBA. If they can get the international player field, get NBA playing during the Olympics, where you can sell more product to China to Russia, to wherever, that's more money for the NBA. I did see they estimated that if they don't play before Christmas, they would lose like three-quarters of a billion or something crazy. And that's because of the Olympics, because they could have extended the season to August, played the same number of 72 games, and not lose any more money. How much of that goes to the players? Oh, you know, that's, that's kind of tertiary because of sales of shoes and product, and uniforms, and jerseys, and all that stuff. That's what they're looking at. Because you, you think about it, let's realistically, let's be optimistic here. We have, as of today, there are two very good vaccines, they think. 95% success rate. So let's be optimistic and say we can get that out by, uh, we can get that out by, uh, is that Dr. Fauci calling you just Yeah, then? yeah, this is Dr. Fauci calling me. Uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, Just telling me that was too optimistic. We get vaccine to the public in May. That means you can have packed arenas in May. So it would be who the NBA 
if you're really looking at money, is starting the season later. This is why Rick Pitino wants to start the basketball season later. Oh, please. I don't even want to hear anything that, so that guy has to say. The reason say. we're Come starting on. December 22nd is uh, it's the Olympics. NBA will make money by selling product if all the stars are. And again, the turnaround time, if they go seven games, the NBA finals, the turnaround time is the uh, is two days. In the round yes, round. the Amateur Olympics once again helping yeah, the capitalism of been America. Amateur since 1960. <laughs> I know, but what do they promote when the NBC or whatever puts together all their little, you know, segments about the you know the athletes? You know oh, how they do that's, it for the that's, love of it. That's that's polished, produced pablum. That's all that is. All right. At this time, maybe we should talk about in 1996, Ernest and I were in hot Atlanta, as my wife oh, yeah. says. She's from Atlanta for the Olympics, and we went to see the Dream Team, uh, or at least I did. Didn't you go with me, or did we go we separate? We went separate because uh, me and my brother went together and stayed at your mother-in-law's place. And yeah, when yeah. we went downtown, we went to the weightlifting. It was what We went... We went to weightlifting, swimming, boxing, uh, baseball, and uh, women's basketball. And we and we went to um, baseball, volleyball, dream team, and gosh, oh, we saw Michael Johnson run. There's gold shoes. The gold well, he asked for the gold and, well, shoes. Taekwondo. We, we said Taekwondo. I, I don't still understand Taekwondo, but I watched it. And we watched the, the weightlifting was the pocket Hercules, the guy that lifts three times his weight. But we turned the corner in the weightlifting, and lo and behold, who we run up to face-to-face? O.J. Simpson. Okay, this is 1996. <laughs> this is before. This is, well, yeah, but it was just like, okay. <laughs> run, O.J. Run, run, O.J., run. Well, he did later on. But it was yeah. uh, people don't even remember the commercial. He'd run through the yeah. airport for Hertz rent a car, and he would, you know, jump over luggage and things like that. And he was such a salesman at that time. But the Atlanta was so hopping for that Olympics. I remember we took the public transportation, the metro into downtown, and the downtown interchange where all the uh, trains switch up was packed. And my wife was about. Gosh, about six months pregnant. And I remember this one dude tried to squish his way into our car and pushed my wife. I almost lost it on it. I was like, are you serious, man? She's pregnant and you're going to push her? I was <laughs> I was so mad. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And the Dream Team, we had the nosebleed seats. We were way up in the Georgia Dome, the beloved old no longer Georgia Dome. And we were watching between our knees. You know, when you get so high in the stadium, oh. you, you have to look between your knees down to see what's going on. Uh, and I don't remember who they played, but they blew them out. But it, it was good just to be there. And so U.S. is going to have another dream team. Do we even call them dream teams? No, no. I mean, they're all professionals. All the other teams have professional players. It's it's a, it's a basketball tournament. I mean, it's amateurism has been dead since 1960s. Here's the skepticism. Oh, the old oh, man's skepticism. When you take athletes and their only job is to train for competition, then you're no longer an amateur. When you pay a person to train, then they're not an amateur. And they should knock that out. I mean, 
we are closer to being amateurs than those people. Oh, yeah. People. I mean, th- now there are some individuals that still that don't get the huge stipends, like the, the, the uh, shooting sports or the archery, things of that nature. The more arcane, the, the less attended, the less big dollar ones. Those, those individuals are still amateurs. I mean, they live and die on that. But the large percentage, I mean, Michael Phelps pulled in the money. And he was sponsored by all these corporations. But the guys who still have jobs uh, in the Winter Olympics, a lot of the skeleton crew folks, those individuals, yeah, they're still amateurs. Uh, I, mean, I mean, that's just... just Here's Dr. Fauci yes, calling Fauci again, calling saying again that, the, the vaccine, that third uh, vaccine, is, is, vaccine is really... I know the second vaccine they talked about today doesn't need the extreme refrigeration, which is good news. So there's a lot of motivation and money to get that vaccine in the right place and... So let's get back to sports. So the draft is coming up for the NBA as well. And around here in Michigan, the Pistons, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, have drunk the Kool-Aid of LaMelo. I just can't believe they would go for him. But where do you think LaMelo's going to go in this draft? Whoever Charlotte, I hope. Uh, I'm afraid we're <laughs> going to get stuck with I really don't because we're looking at the uh, center of USC. Charlotte wants, okay, here's the deal. Uh, Minnesota, who has the number one draft pick, really can't make up their mind. They don't, they don't know what they want to do because they already have some pieces, but you know, they're not actually happy with, with, with some of the, uh, you know, like with Towns has not really done that well. I mean, he's not really what they thought they would be. And you hear LaMelo being picked by them. You, you hear, you hear, uh, you know, to a certain extent, maybe perhaps Anthony Edwards, who's the shooting guard out of Georgia. I mean, I, I don't see LaMelo as a bigger improvement other than his brother right now. I really don't. I mean, he can't shoot. He's a six-point guard, but he can't shoot. He can't shoot three-pointers. Uh, Edwards is probably another Mitch Richmond, but he doesn't have a reliable three-point shooter. He's very physical, very strong, six foot five. I'd be happy with him and Charlotte. I'd be happy with Wiseman. Let's remember, Wiseman only played three games, and, and in the NBA in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I would say Ball is either going to worry. He's either going to be with the Knicks if or the Pistons if they hit a cut a trade with Golden State. He'll be with Minnesota, or he'll go to Chicago Bulls because I think. I don't think the Hornets will take him. Maybe that's maybe that's wishful thinking in that respect. But mm. uh, there's a kid by the name of Oyika Okonjo, who was the uh, center for USC, and he he's he's very versatile. He's a little undersized as a center. I mean, my Hornets need a center. Uh, Minnesota's a mess. I mean, all right. So here's something I've wondered about. Right now, Trevor Lawrence is the best college player coming out, quarterback for Clemson, and it looks like the Jets might have a chance at him. And we've seen previous college football high draft picks, Eli Manning, John Elway, going way back, have basically said, I'm not going there, right? Why don't college basketball players do the same thing when they're about to be drafted? Well, you've got luck, too, because luck could have come out as a junior. And he decided to come back for his senior year, which Lawrence could do also. So, you know, there's that option if you're a junior. NBA, 
college basketball players and, and, and Ball's not a college basketball player. He played in Australian professional league. I mean, the, the contracts are so much higher than what a college football player makes. Plus, you're, you're dependent more on the rest of the team. I mean, the Jets are a dumpster fire. As good as Lawrence is, or for that matter, the quarterback at Ohio State, do you think they're going to win more than three more games with the Jets next year? I mean, you're not going to move the needle. When Burrow went to Cincinnati, there's some pieces there. Uh, when uh, the kid went to the Chargers, there are pieces there. So the NBA, the college or whatever, the draft picks for NBA don't have the leverage, the same leverage, or they just get so much money they don't mind going to bad teams? I don't think they mind. Some of them have threatened in the past. Some of them, the, the common trick what they do in the NBA is they don't go to the uh, pre-draft workouts. That happens quite a bit. The, the best example of that is, is Kobe Bryant. When Kobe came out, and remember now, guards didn't come out of high school then. Kobe refused to go to any pregame workouts and set the Lakers. And the Lakers had the 20th pick in the draft that year. <laughs> so, so they, you know, they made a deal with the Hornets because if they don't come out for a pregame workout, you don't have the ability to do a physical. Remember that. So there's different ways to telegraph what you oh, yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. In saying. the NFL, everybody comes to the, the tryout in Indianapolis. And they question you, and they poke you, and they probe you, and they measure you, and they run your 40, and they see your jump, and they, they, they see everything. They interview you like a business interview. In the NBA, there is no – there used to be one in Chicago, a pregame workout, but very few of the top guys went to it, usually it's the guys in the second round. So if you don't want to be drafted, you don't show up. You don't let them measure. You don't let them interview. You don't see if you're a head case. Because look over the years of some guys who have been drafted who have been head cases or have criminal records or have problems. Teams are a little bit more wary unless they can measure a guy, do psychological profile. So if you won't meet with them, that's the way you maneuver out of it. You don't have to threaten not mm -hmm. to play anywhere. You just don't show up for workouts. You don't talk to them. They're not going to make an investment on something unless it's a – you know, a sure deal. That's that's one of the reasons why we know Ball's either going to go to Golden State, Charlotte, Minneapolis, the Knicks, or the Pistons because they're the only teams that he allowed to come to a workout. Mm -hmm. All right, enough of it. I can't take more NBA. Let's talk NFL. Right. Let's go Shield. The All Shield. Right. The Shield. Um, so this last week proves that it's really hard to stay on a hot street in the NFL. Good teams lose. Like the Tennessee Titans losing to the Colts. Old Man Rivers wins another game, pushing that ball around. It's hard for me to watch even. Cleveland barely hangs on to a three-point win over Houston. Uh, your beloved Giants beat your beloved Eagles. I don't know if they're either one or beloved. They're both bad. Yeah, the Lions won their first game at home in like seven games. Think about that. Six straight losses at home. Green Bay barely beat Jacksonville. Tampa Bay crushed some team in North Carolina. And uh, Miami took care of the Clippers. I mean, there was 
it wasn't your typical week. You couldn't always just, you know, if you were a betting person, you shouldn't bet spreads anyways. I don't recommend that. But it was closer than a lot of people thought in a few upsets. Um, Arizona coming back beating Buffalo. What was your biggest surprise this week? Oh, the Buffalo-Arizona game. I I thought Buffalo came back to win. And I'm pretty much, I'm flipping back between that and the Raiders game. And, and one of the best, again, the circumstances. We, we look at Drew Pearson and the original Hail Mary because Roger Staubach said he was a devout Catholic. He said it was a Hail Mary when he threw a Hail Mary full of grace. <laughs> so that's the our origin of that call. But one of the great catches where he jumps within three guys to, to catch it. Hopkins. Yeah, Hopkins yep. makes a great catch. I think that that catch was so good that the Texans fired their coach again. They called him up and said, <laughs> we're, bum, bum. we'll fire you again. Just how nice. dumb that trade was. I mean, you look at the NFC West, and you got three teams tied for first, Arizona, the Rams, Seahawks, all six and three. You got a quick random rumor. Bill Bryant's been rumored to replace Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Why? Ex- Are Texans. you serious? I know. I know. doesn't make any sense. Uh, Troll bait. Hey, Anyways, back to the Arizona. Urban Meyer would be there before Bill O'Brien. Okay. That's oh, gosh. Saying. All right. Back to, I just threw in that. Um, so Buffalo Bills looks good, and then they lose some of the tough games. Arizona, I think, is way overachieving. Do you put it all on Kyle Murray, or do you say DeAndre Hopkins has made all the difference, or do you give any love to Kingsbury as coach? Well, remember they lost their best defensive lineman. Uh, it's a young defense. It's 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 Murray. That's a Hail Murray, right? Not a Hail Mary. It's a Hail Murray. Uh, uh, nice. yeah, I mean, they're a playoff team. Okay? They're a playoff team. Uh, no doubt in my mind, they're going to be the playoffs. Rams are going to be the playoffs. Three teams that division are going, which means Tampa Bay, the Saints, the Bears. You know, that's it. And it's going to be Tampa Bay or New Orleans to be the other playoff team, the wild card team. It's just amazing how good that division is. You look at the NFC East, where the Giants are tied for first place at three and seven. The Cowboys are not out of it at two and seven. The Cowboys <laughs> are a game out of first place at two and seven. Oh, my gosh. But I think the Bears, were seeing them for what they really are, a team with no offense. The Vikings are making a last streak. Hey, your Lions are only two games out of the wild card, okay? <sighs> Yeah. So, yeah, so they're yeah, they're in yeah. there. What is it? The old ex, uh, uh, dumber and dumber. So you no, say just we think have about a this, chance? Ernest. Just think about it. What I have to suffer through. I know every sports fan thinks they have a bad deal, but think about this. Red Wings didn't make the playoffs. NFL Lions haven't done well in a long time. Keeps on losing, making stupid mistakes. Then you have the Tigers, who are the one of the worst teams in in baseball. Then you have the Wolverines who have lost over and over and over again in football. I'm just saying. And then I have the Pistons. How can I forget the Pistons, who are a trash heap of a team? So, anyways, well, and I still do a sports podcast. They, I still do before it. Before they ended the basketball season, the, the basketball team was doing well. I mean. Oh, yeah, Michigan basketball. Thanks for giving me some okay, hope. Okay, there you right. go. Jawan Howard has the best recruiting class in the nation. 
So, yes, thank you, Ernest. Yeah. I, I always can count on before, you. Before so, I get you on probation one more time like you did last time. You, <laughs> oh, so. oh, had to go there, <laughs> Sorry, but that, now look at the he AFC. Didn't, look, we'll get back to he football. didn't get us on probation. That was a whole other deal, but his, our listeners don't care about that. That, that was uh, his running. Let's talk right. Atua. Let's talk Atua. Isn't so it Atua amazing? came in, the, the and people said, oh, it's not fair. The old beard should have not been a pool. It's not fair to Fitzgerald. And Miami says, hey, we got to figure out what we have so we don't pass on a great quarterback next. And Tua is looking decent, isn't he? he they're not overrunning. I watched a little of that game, and he doesn't have difficult passes. He's The plays they call for him is one option to throw. So if the receiver's not open, he runs. So they're not overburdening him with a lot. They're, they're winning with their defense more than anything else but they've made a very simplistic type of offense for him to run. Now, when you look at the AFC, and, and you know, Tua's doing a great job in that respect. And like I said, they're not overburdening him. But look at the Raiders. I, I got a chance to watch them destroy the Broncos, and that's a pretty solid team. They're, you know, I began the season I was saying, you know, the NFC has some real powerhouse teams, but there's some intriguing teams. Uh, the Ravens have taken a step back. Uh, I, I, Jackson is, it just looks like he's not as decisive enough. You don't know what Brown's team is going to show up and add the Steelers nine and oh, first time ever nine and oh, and it's not Roethlisberger. It's, it's their defense. They have the best defense in the league. Even with their starting linebacker, Devin Bush out for the year with the ACL tear, they are amazing. Um, but somebody was asking Dan Patrick, will they be undefeated? And he says, oh, no way. There's no oh, way any NFL team that can stay undefeated no, this year. No, not this day. I mean, look at the Colts have slipped up on us. I mean, I kind of, let's say, when they lost to the Jaguars, who were probably the worst team in the AFC right now, the first week of the season, I go, well, I was a, you know, run the tape. I said Rivers was a mistake, but they have, you know, they've got Taylor, the rookie running back from Wisconsin. They've got a, they lost Marlon Mack, but they've got some solid guys at running back. They got uh, the wide receiver from USC, Sam Pittman. They got some solid young people. They got the best offensive line in the NFL. I mean, I just love mm. watching their offensive line. And the Colts, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Ravens. I mean, All right. Raiders. We're both old men. Our, one of our favorite old men, Drew Brees was lit up as they used to say five broken ribs and one of the ribs punctured his lung is he done i mean this is the end of his career well he's going to get a second opinion and the, the particular there's a lot of conjecture that he was injured when they played the buccaneers because the particular hit that he took which was erroneously called rough in the past which really wasn't because the guy tackled him then turned to the side and really fell on his side and drew's side uh, I don't know. You know, the thing about broken ribs is, is pain, painful, oh, and you gosh. can't put a cast on it. You're already wearing Ugh. the flak jacket. Uh, I I still think you know, even they're pretty still solid at quarterback. Uh, Jameis, I think, can do the job. They got Taysom Hill to do the shotgun type of situation. Taysom Hill is what everybody thought Tebow was going to be. Taysom Hill is doing what Tebow did in college ball and what thought it could equate. But see, Taysom Hill had a solid throwing motion. And Tebow never, ever worked on his throwing motion. And that's why he's playing 
triple a minor league baseball or was until last year well way to take a shot at him there Ernest. well i mean are you a tebow hater uh, not What's a tebow hater i just don't i you know he's 30 now he never adapted guys adapt. he did his delivery was too slow Tyson hill decided put me put me on the kickoff team let me bring punts back let me play running back wherever you want Are you me not to surprised that. a little bit that he didn't start over uh, Jameis? No, because he can't throw as consistently as, as Jameis. I mean, I just, I, a lot of what Jameis did last year was Bruce Arians' whole game plan is throw long all the time. And he took some chances, and that's why he had all those interceptions. I think, I think now under Sean Payton, he can be – he can remake himself kind of like Teddy Bridgewater did. And, uh, you know, he'll never be a Drew Brees, but I think he can be a serviceable quarterback to get them in the playoffs. And Speaking of your buddy Teddy, is he the future of the Panthers or they be drafting a quarterback? Uh, first of the year, I said no. I, I, you know, that's not their problem. We need linebackers. We have no linebackers right now. Oh, do I dare say the name, Lou? Yeah, we miss Luke. Luke, your favorite player, Travis Greer's favorite player. Oh yeah, we miss Luke. I mean, we we've got probably the best wide receiver core, young wide receiver core. We need a tight end, we need a middle linebacker, and we need another cornerback. But we knew this. This is a rebuilding team, and and there's a plan. When you look at the Panthers and you look at the the Jets. You can see the difference between let's just get a high draft pick and pick someone. How did Gase ever con his way into the Jets game, Jets team after Miami? I don't understand that at all. Well, I mean, and and Darnold's just, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I mean, if, if they take Lawrence, where's Darnold go? Mr. Blockhead? I mean, I don't, I don't think, you hate to see guys nowadays if quarterbacks don't uh, do he it, got jared goff didn't he? he well no goff went to a super bowl what's darnold done i mean not goff uh rosen yeah yes. i think he got rosen and you know where rosen's at right now don't you uh a wendy's out no in he's the practice quarterback for tampa bay <laughs> oh oh is the backup and he's the third string he's the emergency quarterback Oh, gee whiz. To go from such a high pick to your emergency quarterback. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, that's, you, you know, you're only uh, you're backing up one of the biggest mistakes ever, Gabbert being drafted so high. Gabbert's another situation of a guy that that they kind of like burn up the first couple of years. And, you know, the, the, the pressure on quarterbacks now to get drafted to produce so much is so difficult. I mean, they don't give you that year. Aaron Rodgers sat for three years, remember? That used to be the going thing. Yeah. And and now if you don't produce that first year, they'll throw you aside and they'll draft another one. I would not be shocked to see uh, Darnold rehabilitate himself and go to the Colts. Oh, that's a good landing spot. I, I would, another team I want to talk about, though, before we run out of time is Seattle. Are they in trouble? I mean, they've had so many injuries – and Russell Wilson didn't pull it out against the Raider, Ra- the Raiders. Excuse me. Um, so, what do you think? Do you think they're gonna? Well, no, no team's gonna be consistent. I good. mean, the Rams. Sorry, not the yeah, Raiders. The no Rams. team's gonna be consistently good the entire season. You got ups and downs. Okay, the Cardinals lost to my Panthers. Okay, I mean, to every team except for <laughs> Pittsburgh has had one of those losses where you go, "What's going on here? What happened?" 
uh, I think just Seattle started out so hot and they have so many injuries. They're just getting Adams back at safety. They've been beat up so much. That defensive backfield, and they're playing a practice squad running back. So yeah. I think injuries, I mean, the long haul, they're in the playoffs, Rams in the playoffs, and the Cardinals in the playoffs. I think you can pretty much bank that in that respect. And or who coached longer, Pete Carroll or Belichick? Oh, Belichick. <laughs> Pete Carroll, you, you can tell that he gets a joy out of it. And when the joy goes away, he'll leave. Belichick wants to break Shula's record. I have no doubt of that. And that's, that's well, uh, last year I would have said two or three years. The way this team's gone, uh, that might be four years or five. But, yeah, they're still <laughs> the playoff hunt, too. I mean, they're yeah. not that far away. They can sneak in. And remember, again, if there's a lot of canceled games, they're going to add that additional playoff spot. For mm. So you're talking eight teams going in. Half of the league will be in the playoffs. So it's, they're not eliminated in that respect. It's going to be hard so now. So if you, your Panthers are unlikely to win it all, which team do you want to win it all if it can't be your Panthers? Who would I like to see win it all? I mean, right now I like to watch fun teams, and and yeah. and that's you know Kansas City's a fun team, the Raiders are a fun team, the Titans are a fun team to watch, the Colts are a fun team. This the Steelers aren't a fun looking team, but they've got a great defense. Buffalo too is kind of a workman type. Uh, so you know, uh, Raiders, Chiefs, Colts, Titans out of AFC. No Tampa Bay? Well, I'm getting to the <laughs> NFC. I'm getting to the NFC. So when you look at fun teams. Aesthetic. I was looking for one team. Aesthetic. You're giving well, me the I'm whole league. Aesthetically enjoyable teams. You know, Packers are a fun team to watch. The Saints and Tampa Bay are. And, and, and the Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks are all. So any of those six would be okay. If I had to pick two yeah. teams, my, my, my real pick, my fun yeah. Super Bowl, my enjoyable yeah. Super Bowl, boy. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 pretty easy. That would be uh, the fun Super Bowl. Now that Breeze may not play, right? Would be yeah. The Cardinals Chiefs. Ooh, that would be fun. I would really enjoy that. The team, the red teams. Oh really yeah, I other. mean that's just two teams that'll be fast break. That football. Oh, that would be great. Back and forth. I would love and, and that. There are two... But NFL is all about defense, right? Yeah, and and their two defenses are kind of questionable, which means you know what that means. We're going to wind up <laughs> seeing uh, Pittsburgh and probably, okay, no, not a lot of good teams with good defense. I guess the best defense would be the Saints. So Pittsburgh and the Saints cool. are probably what we get. We've forgotten the Titans in a hurry here. You know, I think the Titans still could pull it up. But it's it, I'm, it, I'm, it's here's how you beat the Titans. It's it's a pretty easy way to beat the Titans is you get a lead on them, and you take Henry out. And we've written off the Ravens too quickly uh, because they've had two bad losses and they've had some injuries also. And let's face it, Jackson's not having quite the edit. Jackson's not won the big game. He's not won the big game yet. Uh, again, there, there are several ways to beat some of these teams. You get a big, you get a lead and take Henry away. The Titans have to rely on their quarterback, Tannehill, and, and they're just not a playoff team. All right, Ernest, we're down to our final takes, if you can believe it already. So why don't you do your final take and I'll do mine. Okay, I'm going to be a little personal. Uh, I lost my hero this week. Uh, my father passed away. 
and I, I want to reach out to everybody here, all the, all the, uh, uh, the uh, unusual suspects, everybody here on this podcast uh, have reached out and been very supportive of me in, in uh, a low time. And my dad was my hero. My dad got me started with sports. He was a big St. Louis Cardinals uh, baseball fan. And uh, he has uh, always been the model for me in all aspects of my life of what to achieve. And uh, as I said many times, nothing ever really goes away. Nothing, no one really passes because you always hear that their voice in your head. So they're always mm. present. And again, I want to thank uh, you, Paul, and and thank Nate and Chris and David and Travis, uh, the whole Motley crew, how uh, supportive they've been through this, uh, through this period. And I want to thank my family, uh, the folks that I work with, my church mates, everyone who's a part of my life has been incredibly supportive through this period. And uh, I have reached back and decided how incredibly lucky I've had to have the father I've had. And I know how much your father uh, meant to you and you feel the same about him also. Well said, Ernest. And last week I was feeling like I wanted to be down there in North Carolina to support you and to say goodbye to your dad, but it didn't turn out that way. Uh, but I always appreciated whenever I met your dad, he'd shake me, shake my hand, look me in the eye like a man's supposed to do. And last week, instead of us doing a podcast, I found some old radio archives of uh, chronicling uh, Mr. Watts's favorite player, Stan the Man Musial. So that's was last week we did a little tribute to him that way. So the the basic story here, guys, is if your dad's still alive, give him a phone call, um, Zoom call, whatever you need to do just to say thanks, Dad. And if you are a dad with your kids, enjoy those moments because these are the moments that really matter. You know, money comes and goes, uh, problems come and go, but those relationships are the things that you treasure most. And um, I was watching the Masters this weekend, and my dad loved the Masters. And one of the happiest I ever saw him was a gift I gave him was a Masters sweater and a Masters hat. I was in um, Augusta for work, and I found out from the locals, oh, if you just go, this is in the 80s, if you just go to the Augusta um, uh, gate where the security guard is, he'll let you pick up a special phone and call a clubhouse and they'll drive out whatever you want to order. So I ordered these things and I gave them to my dad. And I remember after he passed away, he had saved those and wore them and he wanted me to have them and give them to my kids. So, um, so that's the lesson tonight. Thanks Ernest for joining me tonight and getting back on the podcast wagon here. And we thank you for all the listeners. And if you have any comments or things you want to share, send it to me at go at gmail.com. And have a good night.